is there any player today that you feel could stop you, Prime Dominique Wilkins? One on one? Yeah. They're going to need help. Behind the mask. Two what up plus size model was had. Chillin' family, another day in paradise. You know what it is. I mean, like I I get the paradise, dog. But what's up with this ensemble you have going on? Man, you know what? I feel like you know I got the shades on and everything, the shirt. Feeling like real, real highlightish today. Highlightish. Yeah, yeah. Okay, without further ado, then, <laughs> man, let's jump right to this next guest, man, because this nine-time NBA All Star. Had his number 21 jersey retired mm-hmm. by the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. He's a member of the NBA Hall of Fame, right? Greatness. And was named to the NBA 75th anniversary team. Listen, not only can he can do it on the court, but he's in the front office too, mm-hmm. right? So also serves as VP of basketball operations for the Atlanta Hawks. Good. Man, without further ado, we got to welcome in the human highlight, Dominique Wilkins. Appreciate it, man. What's, What's happening, good, bro? brother? What's good? What's good? It's good, I man. like that shirt you got on, man. You're Listen, man, hat and you're working that hat. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. I had to pay homage, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Well, we, appreciate, like, we appreciate that. Listen, sure. man, from a shorty, though, it, this is a all the guests that come on here are special. Like, and, and, and they have great substance. But... This one is it means a little something different to me because hometown Georgia boy. Watch you in Athens. I at UGA and then turn around. I don't even want to acknowledge the Bulldogs winning the championship. <laughs> but I, we, I appreciate it though. I just did it. though. But like seeing you as a shorty dog, me and my pops used to watch you all the time and then getting an opportunity to get mm-hmm. this physical interaction, man. It's uh it's really Really good, man. Grateful to have you on the show. Oh, bro. thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on it. It's yeah. always love, man. Spice goes season ticket holder to the Hawks. We we walk by to the season when he lets me go with him to the game, and I'm like, yo, they go neat. I'm like, man, leave him alone. He broadcast. He working. So you know, what I'm saying just the just the a law of being around greatness, man. We definitely appreciate. Thank you, man. That, man. You know, sometimes you know it's, it's good to come around and work and talk to some young old heads. Nah, yeah, facts, <laughs> no, facts. you know, yeah. a lot of us, man. You know, we go back many years, so it's kind of good to kind of catch up and talk about things. You know, no doubt. get your yeah, thoughts on what the world is today and how how we see it. I know, know it, especially you know? over good smoke. Oh yeah. Nice stogies. Yeah, I got mine right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Courtesy I said I'm having one after you behind the mat. <laughs> yeah, courtesy yeah. of VTM. Yeah. That's what we do in the lab. Yeah, absolutely. Once absolutely. we get the ventilations up in here, then we'll be able to smoke yeah, for do part that. two. Yeah, no yeah. question. No, no, yeah. No. Well, check this out, Nate. We got this session on, on BTM podcast that we call This or That. Um, we asked you a question, one or the other, just to get the, our audience familiar mm-hmm. with you. So you just got to answer one way or the other, this or that. Okay. Right? So obviously, human highlight reel. Did your thing, illustrious NBA career, but you had some tough composite competition back in the mm-hmm. 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Real tough. Uh, to put it mildly, yeah. every night, every night you had to go against a legend. Mm-hmm. Every night. There was no nights off, especially at my position, yeah. at the small four position. You had no nights. My, my first eight games 
you might want to say there was eight Hall of Famers. Yeah. You know, you got Dr. J. Mm-hmm. You got Larry Bird. You got Larry Nance. You got James Worthy, Terry Cummins, Mark Aguirre, wow. Bernard King. Terry Man. Cummins. You know, Orlando, that's, that's eight right off the rep right there that you had to go against every night. All them guys averaging over 20, 25 a game. So you had no nights off, you know. So I had to be prepared each and every night. And you got, basically mm-hmm. you got baptized as soon as you came in the league. Yeah, I got baptized by Dr. J. And, you know, I was like, man, I grew he baptized, up. My, oh, yeah, I said, you know, I was, that was my idol. And I was like, man, I'm just so delighted, man, to be playing against you. And he said, hold up, wait, hold up. <laughs> he said, there's only one Dr. J. There's only one Dominique Walker. He said, since they're calling you the next doctor, you might as well start learning. He had 36, and I wasn't upset. I was like, that's the doctor. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm like, you know, that's respect, man. I love, even to this day, Dr. J is like a big brother to me. And uh, I've learned a lot of stuff from him indirectly, you know, just mm-hmm. by watching the play, how he carry himself. But those are kind of monsters you went against every single night. So who was the tougher out, particularly in the Eastern Conference where you played with the Hawks? Was it a Larry Bird with the Celtics or was it like a, a Jordan with the Bulls? I, I, you know what? I never feared anyone I've ever played against, you know. But there was one guy, one guy that made me nervous. And his name was Bernard King. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who he is, go look him right? I mean, he's getting 40. It's nothing you can do about it. Mm. And I couldn't sleep the night before I played against Bernard. And I said, you know what? I know he's getting 40 tonight, <laughs> but I'm going to get 40 all set. We're just going to call it a wash. I ain't going to kill myself trying to chase this guy. <laughs> he was, he, I've never seen anything like it. A guy who scored. Th- and the coaches tell me, when you play against Bernard, meet him at half court. I'm like, I'm not meeting him at half court. Right. But you found out very quickly what he meant. Because if you didn't meet him at half court, you was like this. You would look, he was gone. Open up the whole arsenal. Oh, man, he was, I've never seen a guy score like that. Just an amazing, amazing player. And so we went in the Hall of Fame. He asked the NBA, would I introduce him, right? I'm like, me? We never shook hands. We never talked. You know, he looked at me like I stole his kids or something, man. You know, he looked like. And so as we were walking on stage, I said, I got to ask you something. I said, I never feared anybody ever played against. You're the only guy who made me nervous. He's laughing. I said, why are you laughing? He said, because you scared the hell out of me, too. I'm like, well, okay, that's respect. Yeah. <laughs> respect. respect. But. As great players in that era, you didn't want other great players to get that close to you. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it was. You, I mean, you guys are the same way in football. You didn't yeah. want a great player to get that close to you, especially as an opponent. Yeah. And so we, a lot of us didn't become friends until after we retired. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's find out your weaknesses. When yeah, you yeah, yeah. I, I didn't go in the summer and work out with guys. Yeah. I don't want to work out with you. What do I work out with you for? You know, I'm trying to bust. I'm trying to bust your ass. You know, I'm not trying to work out with you, and so and they were the same way. You know, Jordan and I never worked out together. Magic and I never worked out together. Now we played in in basketball games in the summer, but we we didn't train together. Right. We that that was you know that was almost against the law to do stuff like that. You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec of the kids' homework and you do it all in style. That's why we created the all-new Infiniti QX60, a luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof and available massaging front seats to bring ease all day, every day. 
the all-new Infinity QX60, designed to take on life in style. Learn more at InfinityUSA.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. I know it was, bro. Now, listening to all of the names, it just made me think about, we had Chuck on um, some weeks ago, Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. and we asked him about who was his, what was his version of the GOAT. And he said, I can't give you that because there's so many great players yeah. that's out there. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you who was the, what's one of the GOATs, but who was the best basketball player that you've seen that you really admired that game? Yeah, you know, and, and Charles was another guy I had to play because I forgot about him. I don't know how I forgot about him. But when I watched Wilt Chamberlain, listen, he got still over 60-some NBA records yeah. that would never be broken. The guy averaged 50 and 30 rebounds a game for one season. I couldn't believe it when I read it. It's, it's, I saw a video, an old tape of him, where a guy goes to shoot it over him, and he, and he lobs it high. Chamberlain jumps, and his fingertips is at the top of the backboard when he catches a shot. I've never seen anything like that. That's, that's unhuman, you know, for Unreal. someone to do that. And so the what he did and his dominance, uh, you know, on the floor to get 100 points in one game and with the physicality that he played with and the against where people were basically trying to take him out and they couldn't. He was too strong. I mean, he was benching 650 pounds before games. The guy was an incredible. So you start with Russell. You start with guys like Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem, those guys. Those guys was, they was before their time. You know, of course, you got Michael was up there. It's, but it's too many great players, like Charles said, to name one is the greatest of all time. You know, Michael said it best. He said, I can't say I'm the greatest. I haven't played against Wilt. I hadn't played against uh, Russell and Oscar. He said, you guys say I'm the greatest. But I haven't played against them. And that's what I admire about Mike, man. You know, he's just, he just a real guy, man. He just tells it like it is. You've had an illustrious career. Um, you say the human highlight reel. We go back and forth about you whooping up on my Knicks quite a bit uh, back in your day. Yeah, that was, you know what? That was because my brother, he talked a lot yeah, of trash, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, he got Xavier McDaniels, all them guys, and Johnny knew all them fired up. I remember playing in the garden, and Johnny Newman said, man, you ain't scoring no more tonight. This is third in the third quarter. You ain't scoring. I said, Johnny, I got 45. I'm tired of kicking your ass. I said, Coach, matter of fact, take me out. I'm tired of killing this dude. You know what? It is crazy because besides you and there weren't there weren't any other real go-getters on those next teams, but everybody just played the role to the best of their ability. Yeah, they had, they had great role players. Yeah. You know, you had Starks and you had Oak. Oak was a man's yeah, man. Was <laughs> Let me tell you something. Oak didn't play no games, man. And But they played their roles very, very well. And, you know, they were a hard team to beat, you know, because guys, they made you earn it. They were a great defensive team. Right, right. So with that, if you had a choice, this or that, would you rather have – that Hall of Fame induction that you have, or an NBA ring? Well, you you would definitely want the ring. I mean, the ring, an NBA title is is everything. You know, so it, and that would probably be my, I know that would be my first choice. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, when you become a Hall of Famer, you've been anointed as royalty, and that's something no one could ever take from you. Um, and so, and I tell people this, you know, what I wanted, what I'd love to get a ring, of course, but I look at my career and all the things I've done within my career, that's my ring, mm-hmm. you know. Even though I was able to get one in the NBA physically, you know, had a chance to play 15 years in the NBA and do the things that I'm content. Bruh, you've done a lot. And we've mm-hmm. sit back and I've been entertained a lot watching. But take me back, man, through the journey, you know, making mm-hmm. it to the NBA, first getting drafted by Utah. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Nah, nah, I ain't going no Utah. <laughs> like, like you heard about that, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, like put put some color behind that context. You know, thought thought you know thought process. When I you know when when I came actually before I came out of college, I was told you know by Lakers officials that if I came out, I would be the number one pick mm. to the Lakers, and so I came out, and James Worthy came out, mm. <laughs> a lot of other guys came out that year. And so Mitch Kupchak got hurt, so they went with a bigger forward, and that was James Worthy, who played both forwards. And uh, and I tell people all the time, there's no regrets because it worked out for both both guys, you know. And I have a lot of respect for James. James Worthy was he was a beast, man. You know, he, he that's another guy from as far as guarding, tough man to guard. Um, but no, I didn't want to go to Utah, so. If it was because of Magic Johnson, I think that trade happened because I used to tour around the country with all the greatest players in the league at that time. We used to barnstorm and play summer basketball. Yeah. And I thought that journey with Magic helped push that trade. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So cause Magic kind of discovered me coming out of um, college. Even though I was a high draft pick, I used to travel with all the best players. I was averaging almost 50 a game. In the summer games, man. And so coming into the NBA, I was ready to play because I already played with the best players, you know, during the summer. And so when you're playing with a guy like Magic, you can get 40 or 50 easy, (laughs) you know, easy. And so that was the start of my journey. But how it really started for me is, you know, growing up in Baltimore, Maryland. I mean, that's where I'm originally from, by way of Paris, France, by the way. Yeah, born in Paris. Yeah, but I grew up in Baltimore. And... uh, the reason why I left Baltimore is I saw one of my best friends rob somebody. And I'm sitting in the house in a window, project window, and I'm looking, and he's robbing this lady. And I remember going downstairs telling my mom, I said, I'm leaving, getting out of the city. And she said, where you going? <laughs> I said, I'm going to North Carolina. And I took a Greyhound bus. I had one bag. Mm. I get to North Carolina that morning. I see some kids playing on the playground. And I start playing with them. So after I finished playing, I'm sitting on the ground. This older gentleman said, hey, son, you live here? I'm like, I don't know yet. He said, well, where you going when you leave here? I'm like, I don't know. He looked at me and said, come go with me. I don't know why I went with him. He took me to his house, showed me a bedroom. He showed me the kitchen. He said, you can have all this. The only trade-off is you got to play for my high school team. He was a coach, high school coach. And I'm like, okay. And that high school team went 76 and 1 in three years in the state of North Carolina. What year back was that? State what year was that for you? I went there in 77, 78, and 79. So that was your sophomore, junior, senior year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we, we lost one game in three years. And I played against, you know, Buck Williams and old guys in high school, Mitchell Wiggins and all that. All of us played against each other in high school. We all came out around the same time, you know. So 
the high school team, the first, the crazy thing of the high school team, three of us was first cousins on the high school team. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. My brother, who came later, yep. who played for that team, was well, he wasn't even good enough to make the team, and he played 14 years in the NBA. You know, so high school team was pretty. So that's where my journey started. And, and when I decided to go to Georgia, that's when everything changed. Mm. Because if you're a great player in those days in the state, of, you don't leave the ACC. You, right. You, you, right. It gets a lot. That was huge. You didn't, the great player did not. And so I was one to buck the system. And so I went from being loved to being hated. All F's on my transcript in high school. What? Got in fights, cross burning in my yard, got arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And so University of Georgia got us out of there at 12 o'clock and I moved my whole family to Atlanta. Wow. And so I didn't go back for 30 years to that town. Wow. And when I went back and it was it was the right time. You know, I went back because they um, that's when they did this documentary. Dominique belongs to us. That's when they unveiled the statue and yeah. all that. And uh, I went back reluctantly and. I'm glad I did, because it's still part of history, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. But it took me 30 years to do that. Nah, mm-hmm. so, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm floored, yeah, bro. Yeah, I never, I never. A lot of people don't know that story, but it, it made the front cover of Time Magazine during that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the crazy thing was, is that they had just praised me, because I, I had just signed a letter of intent with North Carolina State, and the last minute I changed and man, I, I remember seeing this bright light and I go out my front door, it's a huge cross burning in the yard. So I went from being very frightened to very mad. And I was like screaming like, you motherfuckers, excuse my language, you wanna come, come get me? Here I am, you know. But uh, I wasn't gonna let them dictate my life and career. Yeah, It was, man, it was ugly. It was ugly. It's all doc, if you watch this special, Dominique Belongs to it, 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 Tell you all this stuff. Well, adding that to the queue. Absolutely. Got to. Got to. So did you ever think coming from Baltimore, moving to North Carolina, from Carolina going to UGA, and then you talked about the Magic Johnsons, mm-hmm. the Larry Birds, Dr. Mm-hmm. J's, and Will mm-hmm. Russell, everybody. Did you ever think that you also would be on the NBA 75 all-time list? We didn't think about it. Because when you first come to the league, you don't think, you just think about fitting in, you know, making a name for yourself, you know, and if things, you know, in a perfect world, things continue to improve that, you know, you can be a Hall of Famer or something mm-hmm. one day. Now, I did think about that, you know, probably after my third year in the league. I mean, I wanted to be in a position where one day I'm a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy to think that I knew I would be, mm-hmm. you know, because that was just my confidence level. Mm-hmm. But we didn't think about it you know, 50 or 75 greatest players ever, which I should have been on top 50, but that's another story. But, um, yeah, but, but you know what though? I think it was bittersweet with the 75 Mm, because standing up on the stage and being there with all those guys, I can't even tell you the the surreal moment that we all felt, not just myself. We all felt that way. You know, that's, that's enormous to a whole different level. You know, you're talking about 75, the greatest players to ever play. I mean, look at it. It's thousands and thousands of players who've come through this league. That's what you're talking That's That's, man, that's amazing. And that's the only time I've seen my youngest son get emotional. And he sent me a text. He said, Dad, you're one of the greatest players ever. I, I just, I'm so proud of you. I, I, I didn't realize it. Mm. 
and that the, and that was really good. That was emotional for me because he he's not that emotional kid, you know. Mm. But um, one thing that really impressed me with him, you know, every day, even since he was little, he always come. I know where I'm, no matter where I'm at, mm-hmm. he'll come and say, "Love you, Dad. Good night. See you later." Yeah. Every night, like clockwork, man. And you know, and you know, as a father, that really, really makes you feel proud. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. He is he and I are close, very close. You talk about surreal moments, and you 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 came into the league and you mentioned so many names, mm-hmm. but like, what was that first moment for you, bro? Like, like he was like, damn, like this is it. You know what? I was scared to death. <laughs> that first game, that, <clears throat> so that first, first game, that first regular season game. You're like, man, it was home. That's Bird, Doctor J. You know, that's Kareem, you know, like, wow. You know, so I thought my first six or seven games, man, I played a little nervous because of the players I grew up idolizing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to quickly get to the point where, okay, these are, you know, iconic guys. These are great players, and I got to worry about them. Right. But I'm also going to make them worry about me. Mm-hmm. And so once I got put that into my my mindset it was just about competing and every night you had to be that way because there's always a great player on the other side mm-hmm. but man i can't tell you how much fun that was i mean i'm like wow i mean matter of fact when i got my contract when i signed the contract and i'm looking at the contract and i see them zero i said y'all excuse me for a minute i'll be right back <laughs> i went out in the hallway man i screamed <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh shit. three million dollars <laughs> to play basketball? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, all right, let me calm down. <laughs> and so, man, I remember going back and forth. I was calm. I'm saying, okay, I'm ready. It's good. It's good. I went home again. I screamed. <laughs> right? Man, that was, that, was a, that was a wonderful moment, man. Oh, I did yeah. it was, bro. I remember. When I look at what they... What I was screaming about, look what they get yeah, paid they now. Get I'm like, man, that's that's saying, 12, that's man this ain't nothing. <laughs> At the 12th dude on the bench. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You got guys that G League get almost getting this, you yeah. know? Oh, man. That, 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 but to that point, when you see it, man, how proud are you just to see the, how the game has grown yeah. from that point, mm-hmm. from well, you when know you came I, in? I'm really excited and proud of how these guys have taken control of their own destiny, mm-hmm. you know, and created their own brands. And uh, it's just see. It's just great to see how the, the game has evolved, players ha- has evolved, and they've become businesses and corporations now as well as basketball players. So I think that's wonderful. And that's the thing I tell my son. you got an opportunity to do some of the same things, but on a different level than I, even I did it. So I'm happy for these guys, the way they've been able to uh, grow and continue to, to build a brand that's bigger than themselves, a lot of these guys. I mean, look at what LeBron has done. It's, it's incredible. You talk about going through the league and the people that you saw. I know for me, my starstruck moment was when I saw Jerry Rice across the field when I was uh, got into the league. But off the field, it was a Andre 3000 or a Jay-Z. Well, they, in the 80s, it was lit. So you got your Michael yeah, Jacksons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson, Madonnas. Yeah, Who was that person then, for you? And you guys know this. Back then, the athletes and entertainers was very close. Yeah, we all hung yeah. out together. Right. I mean, I had a nightclub here that had, at the time, probably one of the hottest nightclubs in the country where, you know, for New Year's, I had Keith Watson, Luther. Um, we turned down mint condition because they were just coming out. Coming out. You know, 
And so we had Prince was at the club. Man, come on. Prince was at the club oh, too? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, performing. He only wanted to do one song though. So he gets out of a limo, right? And then this lime green pants, and he turns around and both his butt cheeks was out. Bullshit, I'm like, man. I'm like, really Prince? That's the way we doing it? I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So he gets out of the lady, goes in, club, and he had a, you know, a VIP area for me. And he said, Nick, you know, I'm gonna dance with my lady. Can, you know, can they open the floor, spread it out a little bit, get the people? I said, Prince, they here every week. You just here for the night. I can't have them move off the floor. But Prince, Prince and I were really, really cool, man. He was a wonderful guy, you know, God bless his soul. But man, he was a wonderful person. But that messed me up. I'm like, Oh, that's how we doing. Okay, Prince, you the man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a fool, man. Yeah, you let him cut up on the on the floor in the club. Oh man. yeah, yeah, you know, we let him do his thing. We let him do his thing. Yeah, I mean, because when I used to go to Minnesota, I used to go to Paisley Park okay. to events he would have. So we, the thing, you know, what the thing was, we all did each other's favors, you know, and showed up to each other's events. You know, Jay Z back in the day. I mean, all of us, we we go back, man. You know, I don't know a lot of these young guys today. I'm, I feel like a granddaddy with some of these guys. <laughs> but they know you, yeah. though. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm an old head, you know, hang with this young music. But you know what, though? And again, how everything evolves, man. It's great how they continue to brand themselves. So you got to be happy and excited about that. You, you talk about brand, bro. And I think about this going back to the 80s. Like, I went to that old school church to where you, if you wasn't careful, you would be in there from 11 all the way to 4. But I remember me and my pops, we used to get back so we could make sure we catch the game, dog. And in this particular Sunday, this was the slam dunk competition back in the 80s. You know, I got to talk about it, man. I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's always a subject. Man, dog, I know what I saw. I know what I felt. Did you feel the same way Chicago robbed you of the slam dunk championship? You got that home cooking served on you from Michael Jordan and the company. Did yeah, you pretty, feel the yeah, same way? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, 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 yeah, I got holes. There's no question. But you know, I'm telling you, when I knew I was in trouble, and, you know, he missed the dunk from the free throw line. Yeah, he mm -hmm. missed it the first. And I'm yeah. celebrating because I'm thinking it's over. And they said, No, get no, he get one more. I'm like, Uh oh, <laughs> I'm like, Uh oh, and. Um, when he went back and did that free throw line dunk again, I knew I was in trouble. They went, and I remember Doc Rivers said, "You know they ain't gonna let you win this t t contest here, right?" But you know what thing I tell people: no matter who won, the fans got their money's worth. And we, and we, we probably haven't gotten that since Vince Carter performed. You know what? And I saw Mike in Chicago at All Star Game a couple years ago in Chicago. And he was there with his wife, sitting table, get ready to eat. And I walk over and say, you know, hello, because you know we all North Carolina boys. And as I go over to say hello, he said, "Yeah, Nick, you won, you won, <laughs> you won." I said, "Well, tell you what, Mike, give me that that hundred thousand dollar check you got, yeah, and we can call it even." <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He didn't think I won that much. I didn't get that check, but know, but you know, but you know, I have so much respect. We have so much respect for each other because we knew what we brought. You know what? We have never talked about that slam dunk contest. Mm -hmm. Really? Not, never. Never. Not once. Kind of was an unspoken thing with us, you know. Yeah. Because we all knew what we brought to that contest, but and we wanted to know who the best was. Yeah. You know, that's why a lot of these guys don't get in. They don't want to know who the best is. 
They scared to teeter with that, huh? Well, you know what? People say, you know, and if I lose, will they screw up my legacy? Mm. The fact that they're still talking about it 33 years later, and let you know it's the greatest dunk contest ever. Oh, facts. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter who won or lost. It don't matter. Yeah. You know, they're still talking about it. Oh, that, yeah. that, that two-handed windmill from the baseline, though, bro, that was, we, we ain't never seen nothing like they, that. They, they don't and they gave him a 45. They, they, yeah. And they, the funny thing, I saved that for one of my best dunks. And I remember the announcer saying, that is very difficult dunk with yeah. the power, right? And then when I got to 45, I'm like, I know what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And if everybody was on that panel, the judges from Chicago, all the judges, they had well, Gale Sayers, and all, I'm like, wow, man. But, you know, that's why when I jug dunk contests, I try to be fair mm-hmm. as possible. You know, I had to kind of let my standards down a little bit for how, you know, I, I judge. Because I've, seen some, dunk, like I've seen some dunks that's a two. <laughs> you know, and I like, all right. What you got to add? That's a seven. But it really means a two. I'm like, yeah, that's a seven. But you know, but you got to, you know, got to give people what they want. Yeah. You know. And you think like some of the the, the high flyers today, they talk about posters here and there. Do you remember the best poster of your career? You know what? There was a poster, and, this, and, and I wasn't even dunking on this poster. It was called Domination Alley. It was a poster of me and jeans, and it had this multicolored leather jacket. And I had a back one, and it had a Ferrari smoke come around, like in an alley, a dark alley. And it had this beautiful lady getting out on the passenger side. And it said, uh, Street 21, Domination Alley. I think that was, for me, that was that the did best it. poster. That did it. That was hot. You know what I mean? That was hot. You even had the Sexy poster. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, we all got that one sexy yeah, poster. Yeah. That was it. Bro, when you you talk about family, uh, your younger brother, he made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his son. His son made it. Mm-hmm. And now you look at your youngest son, Jacob. Yeah. He's in the game. Like, what is it like? Because a lot of people don't know. We've heard rumblings. But to hear you talk about his skill set and just his mindset, more importantly, like, how does that make you feel to see where he's progressing? Oh, I, I'm, I'm really surprised how quickly he, he progressed. But, you know, Jacob has had a ball in his hand since he was three years old. And it's nothing that I did. He just took to it, man. And I don't even train my son. Man. Yeah, we get out and shoot and work out. But he's so passionate about it that he finds a way to get better at the game just by studying the game. So, you know, he has developed into a really, really nice young player. You know, he's 15 years old, and I tell people, I don't want anybody to rush my son. Mm. He's still a babe. He's 15 years old. Right. But the skill level, man, his skill is off the chart. He can handle the, the rock. He can shoot it from deep. He get to the basket. He, he, he'll take one step without even bouncing and throw it on you. Mm. 15 years old, you know. So I remember going and, to school, the school with him that he's thinking about going to. And uh, he's walking down the hall and I'm noticing, I'm like, damn, he's taller than me. I don't know how I feel about that yet. <laughs> you know? live, man. He's 15, he, he's gonna be about 6'11 before it's all said and done. Has he Has he ever tried you with, with like Pops, I'm like, I could take you right now. Oh yeah, or he'll be, yeah, or you, yeah. Or no, he'll be better than you. And y'all already know this, you, know, you, got, you got sons. Yeah. I never let my sons win. Ever, never. 
And his mom used to say, you know, years ago, man, why, why you don't let him win? Why he's coming on crown? You pushing him down? I say, he's never gonna beat me yeah. till he beats me. Either he's too good or I'm too old. Yeah. I said, but in the meantime, I'm enjoy kicking his ass. Absolutely, that's how <laughs> I'm supposed to be. But now I don't play my son no more. No, 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 that's a young man's game. Because what he does, he'll sit out there and he'll dribble train. I said, look, man, I'm not going to sit out here all day and watch you dribble. You going to shoot it or what? I mean, I'm, I'm getting tired watching you. And then yeah. what he did, he went between his legs behind his back and back behind his back. And I went over there. He was over here and my knee was hurt. I said, um, I'm done. I said, you know what? I think you were right. <laughs> you I'm going out on top, you know. Passing but, the throne. Yeah, so I, I don't play him anymore. My oldest son, I, you know, I did the same thing. I stopped playing against him because, you know, he's 6'8", mm -hmm. you know, he's and he's big. I said, nah. I said, I think you guys learned your lesson, but they've never beat me. What, no. I, what I would do with my kids, even from video games to races, anything, I would play them once, right? And then when I won, I would never play them again. I said, I'm retiring undefeated. But the one time I was at a barbecue with my son, Ty, he tried to, you know, when they do the thing where you run at each other and try to dunk and one person blocks the dunk. Yeah, and one yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first time I swatted it. So everybody's like, oh, nah, you know, you cheated, da, da, da. So he's like, run it back, run it back. Shouldn't have ran it back. I already know what happened. <laughs> I ran it back. <laughs> Boom! Ty threw it down on me, man. And now he won. Never wanted to play again. So well, the last, he, got it, he got it honest. He got it honest. The last image I got. You see, this, you see this, the last image I got is my son dunking on me, man. So, yeah, don't. don't. Well, you know what? He did dunk on me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he got he you. Did backwards, too. Oh, Lord. He went to baseline, and I went up to swipe it and put it here. Mm. Boom. I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, he took I said, your dunk. Pretty, I said, that's right. pretty good. Um, I said, we done for the day. I said, you know what? Go ahead and keep playing, man. I went there and told my brother, I said, this little joker just dunked on me backwards. Wow. He said, man, and my brother said, man, I told you, Jacob going to be special. Yeah. And he said, he's showing you right now what his abilities are. So he's he's going to be something, man. I, I'm really proud of him. I always wondered that because like in our game, like if somebody pancakes you, you know, lineman, if I get spikes and I bury him or spice runs me over, get into the quarterback or something, that, mm -hmm. that feeling is, to me, is similar of, getting dunked on in the NBA. So, like, how do, how do y'all want to – y'all don't take that personal? Because I would have oh, took yeah. it personal. Yeah, yeah. When you get dunked on in a game, yeah, that's personal. It's mad because he's celebrating yeah. after dunking on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm talking about – and a lot of guys I dunk – I'm going to tell you, and he just passed this uh, last week with Bob Lanier. And we were playing against Milwaukee, and I go baseline. This is the end of the game. And I jump off two feet. And he went up, he covered the basket like this, mm. right? And I think when I went up, I closed my eyes because he's 290 pounds, right? So I went up and I turned in the air. I was literally sideways and I turned back around. He was coming down. I was still going up and I dunked it on him and he stumbled. He looked at me, won the game on that play. You know, after that, he didn't speak to me for nine years. Until we <laughs> I swear to you, nine years. So I'm at the Arsenal game. He says, you know something? I just started liking you again. I said, why? He said, uh, you remember when you dunked on me at the end of the game? And I had to go home, and my three daughters said to me, how can you let that little skinny kid dunk on you like that? He said, I hated your ass. <laughs> <laughs> didn't speak to me for nine years. Nine years. That true story. Hey. Guys, was they took that personal. You got dunked. You dunked on somebody. I'm, Spud Webb did that to Kareem. 
his first year in the league, they were great cuts, but mm. and I told Mike, you can't cut him. Give him a chance. We play in the Lakers. Spud comes down fast break. He puts the ball out like this and he pulls it back and he dunks on the on Kareem and Kareem watched him and we celebrate and I said, don't go back there again on Kareem. <laughs> you got him. Don't go to the basket anymore. But Spud was a dynamo. He he didn't care. And so those kind of play big guys think about that for a long time. Now in today's world, they don't really care. Man, you get dunked on, I mean, it's it's cool. That was never cool with us. Yeah. Hey, what about um a couple of weeks ago? We well into the NBA Finals now. Mm-hmm. But when you look at that Dallas game, what was it? Me and you talked about it when yeah, we saw it. Uh, I think uh, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins dunked on uh, um, uh, Luca. Luca dunked on Luca, and then Clay came out and said that uh, it reminded him of how you used to dunk on people. So when you saw that dunk with Andrew Wiggins, I said, "I love those facials." <laughs> you know, those are facials <laughs> we call when you throw it on somebody. Like, and it, it did. It brought back memories because you know I caught a lot of big guys in the lane like that. And I would try to break you up. You know, I played with, I don't know, I, th- I think I had some kind of emotional problem, man, because I played with an energy, man. Like, I, I was trying to hurt somebody at the rim, you it know. Like I was emotional, it. man, you know, because I wanted to throw it down as hard as I could to deter you from trying to block it the next time. Mm. That was that. was, But back then, the big guys, they didn't care. That's why a lot of times when I got in the air, I would move it a lot mm-hmm. to get around the contact. Because when you got hit, I was still able to finish the play because I jumped off of two feet around the basket. Mm-hmm. But you get a glider, if you just push him a little bit, you're going to throw him off. Yeah. So you're able to finish the play at the two-foot jump. What was the most memorable facial that you gave an opponent, and who was it? Uh, man, wow. That's a great question. I think I, I would say some of the best ones against Boston. One was against Robert Parrish. Yeah. I caught him pretty good. <laughs> I caught him pretty good. And he hit me in the face with his forearm. But I was still, you know, I was able to, you know, yeah. So some of my best ones were against Boston, you know, Detroit. Yeah. Teams like that. Yeah. I don't really have really a favorite one. It's a group of favorite dunks that, mm. I, that I enjoy. You know, it was a lot of them, man. So I can't sit there and That's go through all of them. That's know? why they call you the human hotlight river, man. It's funny how I got that name. How'd you get that? Most people think I got that name in college or pros, mm. mainly the pros. I got that name in 11th grade, and I was playing in an all-star game in Homestead, Pennsylvania, five-star basketball game, and I had like 41, and they couldn't tell how I was scoring because it was kind of unorthodox, and they said, you know what, we just going to call him the Human Highlight Film, mm. and I hated the name. I hated the nickname, but as I got older, what? I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I can make a little money off this yeah, name, yeah. so it, it stuck. And so I got that in 11th grade, a guy named Howard Garfinkel gave me that name. He was the best camp director in the United States. Shout out to Howard yeah. then. And that, on, that team, on that team, it was me, Isaiah, uh, Clark Kellogg, uh, Sampson. We had, our high school team was unreal. Actually, we got voted years back as the greatest high school senior class across the nation in history. Mm. I mean, it's, cr- the cra- it's crazy. The Even guy. to this day. Even to this day. Because you had... Myself, you had Worthy, Cummings, um, Clark Kellogg, Ralph Sampson, Sam Bowie, Isaiah Thomas, Antoine Conklin, Paxson. It's just go, let's go on and on and on. Seventy class of seventy nine. That's dope. That five star. You, you go and, if you go and look up that class yeah. and look at the guys within that class, 
Straight it's, heat. It's crazy. It's crazy. Guys that people don't even talk about who was just a wonderful player, unbelievable score was Quentin Daly. Mm. I don't even remember that name, yeah, Quentin yeah, Daly. Yeah. People don't talk about it. All them guys came out in 79. Greatness class, too. Yeah. And check yeah. it out. And, and, and that was in high school, but now you see today's NBA. Again, we had Chuck on. Chuck said, back then, no way we calling Neek in the offseason saying, hey, let's team up in this season. But you see that what? now. Man, players recruiting man, players, man. Look, I've never called a player uh, if there was a potential uh, trade or a free agent signing with that team. Mm. We didn't know each other like that. We didn't want to know each other like that. I mean, the, the, the guy that I was closest to back in the day was Magic, Isaiah, Cl uh, Clyde Drexler. That's basically it. You know, the guy like Herb Williams and all that, because we used to travel and play ball, but that small group of guys were the guys that I was cool with. But even we didn't train together. We didn't go with, nah, man, we weren't doing that. I didn't want nobody getting that close to me. Because, you know, we get in a heat, heated battle, you know, something break out, we might, you know, getting a little, you know, yeah. skirmish or something, though. So I didn't want nobody. And, and they would tell you the exact same. Michael, you've never heard of Michael working out with anybody or Kobe. Yeah. They just didn't do that. Yeah. They just didn't do that. You know, we call that, you know, the code, you know, that there's certain things you just don't do. And plus your teammates didn't want you doing that. Facts. Oh, man, your team. I remember my first year in the league. I'm goofing around in practice, you know. I don't know, I must have been feeling well or something. You know, I was just not there. And I remember Dan Ramfield took the basketball and put up on his arm. He was our captain, our vet. Yeah. He said, hey, Rook, he said, this is my such and such team. If you don't want to practice, you don't want to work hard, we can find somebody else to play your position. Mm. I, I said, okay, rounds. And after that, I started working hard in practice. And at the end of the year, he said, now it's time for you to be the captain. You earned, you earned it. That's the kind of respect. They made you respect them. They didn't that's, just, that's what they the didn't, good do. They didn't just hand you the keys, man. Yeah. They, yeah. That's not the way it was. And you, you got to appreciate veterans like that. I mean, y'all had veterans like that. Yeah. You, know, you had to pay your, your rookie dudes, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Bring donuts and milk in, oh, yeah. do all of the, the little things that you man. completely hate doing. Man, you know what they did to me in my rookie year? So we're in New York playing the Knicks, and we go to shoot around. And you have a rack of balls that we travel with. So at the end of practice, they would throw all these balls in 12 different directions up in the top of the stands. And they said, we ready to go to, uh, get on the bus, Rook? We need all them balls on the bus. Yeah. If they ain't on the bus, by the time we get ready to leave, we gone. We gone. Well, need to say, I never made the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got them, though. So I had to take the balls and the film projector, right? So I get in the cab. I get to the hotel. I said, Merry Christmas. All this is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I left the bag. I left the balls, the everything. They never screwed again after that. Got it. They got said, Rook, smart. Okay, you got that. But I couldn't wait till I was vet. Some of the stuff we did with the rookies, man, I can't even tell you on that, man. We, 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 we dogged the rooks. Did you get them back? Oh, you know I did, man. Yeah, man. I had the rooks doing some of the same thing I was doing, but we we took a step further where we got in a little trouble too. But hey, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta hey, man, pay your that's, dues. that's your limitations pass, man. You gotta let us know what, what you what you I did, man. Well, uh, you know what we used to <laughs> we used to get a trash can, fill it up with ice, trash, everything you can name, put it in that trash can, right? 
and wait till they go to sleep till we get in there, get the key to their room by one in the morning, right? This is training camp. And we would go in and dump like three or four trash cans full of all this stuff on these guys. Why they sleep? Garbage we juice. Did, we did $25,000 worth of damage to a room. <laughs> <laughs> God, dude. Oh, that was the best $25,000 we ever spent. I know it was. <laughs> you know, it was but, it, but, you know, guys was cool with it, though. You know, yeah. they were mad, of course. They were mad, but. But it brings you closer yeah, together at the end it. of the day, and you that's the what? whole point. And I know you got this. What we did, man, we went to movies together. We ate together. We, you know, we hung out together. We did everything together, man, because we were a family. All good teams and, do and, that. And so that's the way you, I mean, if you're going through a tough time, you bring your guys together just by doing things outside of the sport with them. And that's some of the things. We, I know, you know you guys have done plenty of that as well, but that's how you bring each other together, you know. I want to ask you this. How are we going to bring these Atlanta Hawks together 2022-2023 season, bro? Well, you know what, you know, you what, know, what you thinking? What, what, what you looking like? Well, you know, the, you know, the GM and owner, they are looking for ways to improve the team and every team does that. And so you got to put the best pieces possible together to help you get to that next level. I mean, we got some very, very good and talented young, young talent on our team. It's just finding the right pieces that works together. And uh, believe me, uh, Tony Wrestler is going to find a way to get the right guys to get to that next level. But you know what? As tough of a season that we've had, we still went to the playoffs. Yeah. Still got to the playoffs. After going through what we went through early on to get to the playoffs, that, that was a pretty large feat. But, you know, the, the thing is, it's not just getting the playoffs. It's, it's getting there, playing hard, trying to advance to the next round. So, yeah. you know, like all these other teams, you know, they have, still have work to do. And so, uh, believe me, it's going to be improvement. I'll tell you that. How, how do you like it though, from coming from a player on the hardwood and seeing the game that you, the way that you did, and now you're in the front office helping guys to be able to extend careers and then, but more so, put even more of a footprint on right. the city of Atlanta. Well, you know, it's, it's given a lot, of, a lot of your tools to these young guys, and we see things that these young guys don't see yet, mm. and so to try to help them understand how to prepare themselves, how to work on certain aspects of their game, you know, just by some of our experiences. And so I use my experiences and other guys' experiences to help them try to advance their game. And that's the only way you get better is playing the game, understanding the game, and appreciating the game. And if you respect it, and I told kids, if you respect the game, the game is going to respect you. But you just can't think you're going to walk out here with talent alone and it's going to happen for you. It don't work that way. Yeah. Got to have patience, you know. You got to be willing to, you know, make some sacrifices, you know. And when you can do that, especially early in your careers, you know, you set yourself up for longevity. Yeah. yeah. What do you think the major difference is between the the core of players that played in your era compared to the core of players in the NBA today? Well, you know, a different time. First of all, it was a different time. The guys in the era was hungry. You know, because a lot of them didn't make that kind of money. They were hungry. And guys, you know, you, you, you built rivalries. I mean, from day one, you built rivalries with certain teams that uh, help you appreciate it or ensure that you appreciated the game. Because if you didn't appreciate the game, you got embarrassed yeah, yeah. every night, you know. And Bird is a prime example. That if you, man, listen, if you wasn't ready to play mm. against Larry, you had a long night. And I'll give you a prime example. Kevin McHale had 56 in oh, a, just in about the game, right? Mm -hmm. Larry Bird said, I'm breaking your record in New Orleans 
against Atlanta. And I said, he ain't, he ain't break a record against us. What? <laughs> you know? Well, he had 60 that game. They ain't even talking about the game I had. I had a great game. They ain't even, he had 60. Mm-hmm. He was so hot that he was shooting threes with his left hand. Yeah. I ain't never seen that. He would switch hands in the air and fall into our bench. And our t- players was cheering for him. Yeah, I, I made sure every th- one of them get fined three thousand dollars, as you should. Find all them idiots right there, <laughs> you know, for cheering for him. You know, it's almost like they bought a ticket yeah, to the game. Man, yeah. I couldn't believe it, man. But let's show you how hot he was. Mm. You know, he was, man. He, he was an amazing competitor. Forget about his scoring attributes and his IQ, his toughness, competitiveness was unmatched. And then the, to that point, you, you held your players accountable. And then what, what stuck out to me is just recently, Draymond Green was uh, interviewed after a game when they won, and he said they're going to play the Celtics yeah, in the finals. That. Yeah, yeah. And that was something you guys really didn't do in terms of no. kind of just calling out, you know what I'm saying, the other no, team. No, we, we didn't call out teams like that. You know, again, because you got to play against that team, you know, or that team that didn't make it, you got to see them again. Yeah. You know, and believe back then, you know, guys had long memories, man. And they, they man, they took it personal. I, think I, I played against Chuck Person. You remember Chuck Person? Yeah. Or the Rifleman? Mm-hmm. We hated each other. So we watched a lot of things that we said, even though he talked a lot. We watched some of the things we said because, you know, you had, to, you had to see him again. Yeah. And we fought every single game we had to fight. Every single game, I promise you, even in exhibition. But that was just the way it was, man. So when you look at the game today, probably because they can't endure the hard fouls, you know, just because of the way the game has changed, do you think it's like there's no fear factor because you can have a filter and say whatever you want to say? That's exactly what it is. It was consequences to, you know, talking a lot of trash if, you wasn't able to back it up, mm-hmm. you know. There's certain guys, there's a guy that played in Cleveland named Lonnie Shelton. Nobody talked trash to him. And when I say Big nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody talked trash to Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Lonnie got robbed outside of Cleveland Arena. He took the gun from the robber, pistol whip and set on to the police game. What? <laughs> Big line. <laughs> hey, hey, we were some grown men. You know when I knew it was grown men? So we playing against Milwaukee. At halftime, we were walking through the tunnel, and Bob Lanier and the head coach was outside smoking cigarettes outside the locker room. I'm like, they can do that in the NBA? <laughs> I mean, they smoking a cigarette. I said, man, some grown men here. Then they had beer in the locker room. Yeah, what? Yeah, we had beer. Man, them but dudes, you talking man. about your no, old after? ass. They had beer in the locker room when you played, probably. Do you talking about during the game or after? I mean, after the game. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the cooler was there. It was there the whole game. It was the whole game. <laughs> I knew guys who came in at halftime and, and grabbed a beer. I'm going to tell you the wildest thing I saw when I was in training camp, Cincinnati, and I remember Bruce Kaiser went off. You could tell he was, he was irritated. So it was special teams, period. He just went over. He was just cussing and spitting. Everybody who knows Bruce. So he he got back. And I always he had them old school biker shorts. Like the ones and he had. 
Hey, yo, shut up, Shut up, I won't go say that, you but you beat me to it. Hey, Spice got the hoochie daddy shirts. <laughs> no, I just did a good leg workout and my muscles flat. <laughs> I hate you, man. Right now, you know what? I was gonna say something. Hey, y'all, chill out, man. Chill out, chill out, chill out. Don't yeah. y'all get off me right now. Get in. They had kind of had some off man. Listen, man. I had a good all workout right, today, okay. man. All right, all right. Don't okay. blame me okay. for y'all all shortcomings. Okay. Coach, coach, do what? I ain't talking to y'all. You don't forgot what he was saying. Get off the show, man. <laughs> Oh man, Nick, we finna let you go, man. I know, right? <laughs> we finna let you go, man. Don't mess up the rest well, of the well, show, right? I got one more question before we get out of bed. Is there? I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. Is there any player today that you feel could stop you one on one? No, like in the NBA, any player today that could stop you, prime Dominique Wilkins, one on one? Yeah, they gonna need help. I've been double teamed my whole career. So one guy, this is just my attitude. One guy wasn't going to stop me. Not by himself. He gonna need, some of the greatest defensive players I played against needed help. Rodman, uh, Pippen, them got, you know, New York teams, Milwaukee, them guys play defense, but they double teamed. Because this is the thing, and the, the, the reason I was able to do the things that I've done as every year, my first four years in the league, I used to watch a tape of a great player and took one thing he did great, and I would practice it over and over until it became my move. Like Earl DePearl Monroe spin move. I practiced that spin move for a whole summer. How the great jump shooters get their shot by coming off the screen to watch Bob Love and people like that. And then the great runners, how quickly they get down the floor. So I always had a counter to their counter. And I say, if I had a spin move and they knew that spin move was coming, well, I would do a half spin and come back to the middle. So I always was thinking the games of one guy, man. I'm like, I, I re- listen, I remember a guy, I won't say his name, was talking trash to me, right? And it woke me up. I went from having a kind of a subpar game to like, it's like hit by a bolt of lightning because of the trash he was talking. Where I had 34 before halftime on him. <laughs> I like, this how it's gonna be all night, bro. I said, You wanna talk? Okay, that's cool. But, you know, and all the great scores like Kobe, Michael, bro, all them guys will tell you the same thing. There's certain triggers that wakes you up, man, and you have a problem. And they always said, Don't awaken a sleeping giant. Don't do that. And that's what Kevin Willis did in the seventh game with, with Bird. Bird only had 12 points going in that quarter. Into the fourth quarter. And I was in the Eastern here. Eastern Conference Finals. Right. I was here. Bird was here. Kevin Willis here. Kevin reached across me and said, Don't let this so and so score no more tonight. Put his finger in Bird's chest. And I'm like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> his eyes got like this big. He had 24 and 4. So it came down to that great shootout. You just, certain guys, man, just don't say nothing. Just be quiet. You don't talk that trash about Jordan. Not unless you can back it up, you know, but guys took it personal back then. But like I said, ain't no one guy. I'm sorry. Ain't no one guy guarding me one-on-one, but Dream. not by himself. Dream on green. It'd be a good effort. <laughs> so effort means he tried, but just couldn't man, do it. Ain't no one guy, man. I'm just, nah. 
Because this is the thing. A lot of us, you know, like the great, you know, scores like Bernard King, Dr. J, all these guys who like to attack. Yeah. If you one-on-one with a guy like that and you backpedaling, you can't guard a guy if you're backpedaling. There's no way. You know what? And my whole thing, if I can get you backing up, I, I can you. play you like a puppet. Because I have enough ability to elude the contact. I can get around you. A lot of times, guys only can go one direction. Now you get a lot of these charges. But, man, I'm, some of the guys that I was playing against was 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", playing the three. Man, they're one-on-one. And all the, I'm going to tell you, Bernard King, Michael, uh, all them guys will tell you, if you, ain't, if you let me go one-on-one against it, he ain't guarding me. Nah. And I'm not being cocky or anything like that. That's just that's my mentality. Right. You know, when I play, you know, and that's everybody mentality that way. I get another Mark Aguirre. He's yeah. a load, man. One on one. You need help. He will hurt you if you come in that paint down that low, too. Man, please. Like I said, Draymond's a great defensive player, you know, but there's a lot of great defensive players in that era. Great defensive players. I mean, Dennis Rodman won the best in history. Yeah. He still needed help. And he would tell you that. I mean, he had a special, just recently he said, man, you know, it'd be hard for guys to guard Neek. Mm. I mean, because, you know, he had too many ways he could score. You know, but, you know, that, it took a lot of work, you know, a lot of time and preparation of, of working on different aspects. Of, I tell people all the time, if you want to become a great scorer, work on the things you're most uncomfortable with. Don't work on things that's easy for you. Work on things that you makes you uncomfortable. Because I used to shoot the ball off a wrong leg, and they used to say, that's a bad shot. No, it wasn't. I worked on that. Yeah. It made me look like a bad shot to you. For me, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Now everybody doing it. Now everybody doing it. Everybody going off the wrong mm-hmm. leg, you know. Food for thought. Well, neat, man. We appreciate the time, bro. Appreciate Always, it, brother. Home. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, man. No at doubt. some point now, you know, we. Hey, look, man, just let me know when y'all free now. Listen, man. Oh, we, we, hey, man, you ain't trying to take them a, back, are you? I got you. Got you a little care package, bro. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, he picked it up kind of yeah, smooth, like, right? So, you know, let's have, let's indulge in yeah, one together. Yeah, and we got to try yeah, yours too, sure. Dominique Wilkins, MSX, MSX. Yeah, your own cigar brand, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's through uh, Ace Prime Cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, matter of fact, it's, they sell them all over the country. We really, and actually, global. Cigar, cigar's doing very well. Ah, very well. I'm very going good. To indulge right now. Yeah, yeah, man. They, man. I wish I had brought a box. I came. I didn't think, man. Well, just give me didn't those think. back then. Just <laughs> you buying that? Nah, we'll get you yeah, back. Indian you know, give we'll it again. No, no, I bring. Nah, I'm missing. No, no, I bring. You know, you can't. Yeah, once you give them up, baby, that's it. <laughs> you got a couple bahinkis in here too. Yes, sir. <laughs> no. Some of the finest earth oh, you'll yeah. ever take part in. Yeah, man. Some good stuff. Thank you, guys. I appreciate, yeah, it. Man. appreciate it, man. Right on, bro. No doubt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.